in order to keep the growth going up, you know, you have to sort of go back and make sure that your foundation is strong and Mm -hmm. make sure that you can have, you know, a strong base with which to keep it going with. I'm Amy Jo Martin. Welcome to the Why Not Now show. You know that thing you've been thinking about doing? Yeah, that one. Why not now? Have you ever actually taken the time to ask yourself, what's stopping me? Let's talk it through. This is your chance to give that idea the attention it deserves and take action. Each episode, I have a chat with a fascinating person from entrepreneurs to athletes, celebrities, my parents, rocket scientists, and all walks of life. We talk through a critical time when they've asked themselves, why not now? We dissect that day or even that moment, step by step. everyone. So we have Rebecca Minkoff on the show today. So this is the Rebecca Minkoff of the big global fashion brand that you're probably familiar with. Um, Retail right now obviously is a tricky situation and Rebecca's pretty honest of how she's navigating what she's doing and I could not be more grateful for her candor and how the things that, that she shares about how she and her team are literally navigating their day by day. I've adopted, since speaking with Rebecca, some of these things. Um, she has built a wildly successful you know, brand that carries a, a wide range of apparel, including handbags, footwear, jewelry, accessories. Rebecca shares a little bit about her story of how this started. And she's been in it for a while. I mean, she is definitely seasoned and so... The insight that she gives is not only relative to retail, especially as we're navigating a pandemic right now, but in business in general. And actually, some of the things she talks about can be applied to your day as an individual, regardless of career or business in any respect. So like I said, I've adopted some of these things that she said, and it's been really helpful as I'm trying to stay in my day, and hopefully it will be for you too. One of the things Rebecca talks about is how she got started, why she kind of landed in this world and how when she was younger, her mom would say, I'm not going to buy that for you, but I will teach you how to make it. And that kind of resourcefulness just seems to be so rich in her blood and the way it is, you know, for her in terms of creativity and mindset and, and being a creator. Uh, That's something we can all be thinking about right now is really resourcefulness. I'll never forget a conversation I had with Tony Shea, the CEO of Zappos, many years ago. He said, Amy Jo, it's not always about the amount of resources. For an entrepreneur, for a business, it's more about their resourcefulness, what they can do with less. And this is coming from someone who's quite a visionary and has done quite well for himself. And so... 
I think that that's something that we can really kind of double down on right now. It might sound like an obvious statement, but there is a level of innovation and creativity from a resourcefulness standpoint. Rebecca talks a little bit about how she's approaching her day, not only as as an individual, but also as a business, um, and how she treats it kind of like day trading, how she stays at her day and grades herself. Her and her team, they grade themselves at the end of each day. And they're just focused on that specific one day at a time. And just a heads up for those of you who attended our first Renegade session. And if you didn't, you can still get a replay link. So head to renegadesessions.com, sign up, and we'll send it to you. We just announced the next one. We are getting ready to focus on humanizing your brand and innovating your approach to social media right now. There is a sea of sameness that I know we are all treading in to a certain extent as we're consuming everything (laughs) content-wise. And so I'm going to be teaching some of the tangible things that I've learned over the last 12, 14 years working in social communication about humanizing your brand and really focusing on how to make that connection which converts. And so that's where it's at, right? So content for just the sake of content is not helpful, but we're going to be focusing on that in the next Renegade session, which is April 27th. And uh, you can sign up still. And if you didn't make the first one, we can catch you up. This is a building free edutainment web series that um, we're offering. It's sanitized of any sales offers Uh, solicitations, and it's just all about service. So join us if you can. We had a huge turnout the first one, and hopefully it will just continue to grow, and we're going to continue to navigate this together. So renegadesessions.com is where you can sign up. We have a DJ, by the way, which is kind of fun. And um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to learn. We're going to connect and teach you how to humanize your brand in order to make connections that convert. Are you ready for change? Or maybe you're already in a season of expansion. As we embrace this new decade, are you ready to take action on your own why not now idea? Maybe that means starting the company, launching the podcast, writing the book, or doing more public speaking, injecting your why into what you are doing. At the end of the day, that is exactly what creates connection. And connections convert. My life work is to help guide women through this very stage in their life. I do this through the Renegade Brand Bootcamp. It truly is the career love of my life. The reason I love this program so much is because I'm able to create a mosaic, a collection of like-minded, like-hearted, driven women who come together to level up. They learn the renegade mentality directly from me, and I share everything I've learned over the past 20 years in business. It's equal parts education, collaboration, accountability, and community. We are accepting applications for our 2020 program, and you are welcome to go check everything out about the program at renegadebrandbootcamp.com. And as a very first step, just sign up for my five-day email series. I uncover all of the questions about the boot camp and help you understand if it's right for you. 
We've had some incredible women come through the program, and you will hear from them as well. You can check out the curriculum, the structure, the vibe, and everything in between. Many years ago, I went to Mark Cuban and asked him for investment advice. I thought I was going to get some real estate or stock market type of advice. Instead, he said, invest in yourself. Invest in your own growth. Invest in yourself. Bet on yourself. This is the best ROI you will ever find. If you're at that point where you are ready to take action, head to renegadebrandbootcamp.com. Rebecca, welcome to the Why Not Now show. I'm so grateful to have you here with me today, especially right now. And just um, we're, we're definitely going to dive in as we usually do. Can you tell me about a time when you had a Why Not Now decision to make? You had to ask yourself, Why Not Now? We'll dissect that day, that minute, that hour, that season, and kind of understand how you navigated from idea to action. Yeah. I mean, I think the most prominent memory of that is when I had a very small apparel company um, under my name and I had been sort of struggling with it for about four years. And the woman who helped even put me on the map, this actress, um, we were having lunch and she said, do you do bags? And I just lied to her and I was like, yes, of course Mm -hmm. I can do bags. And I just was like, she's offering me an opportunity to wear my product in her film. And the exposure to that at the time I thought would be enormous. And so that was sort of my why not now? Like, I can figure this out. And that was the beginning of what is now the company, Rebecca Minkoff. Amazing. So you just, you said, yep, I got it. And you knew you would figure it out. That's kind of the vibe? Yeah, I think, you know, she said you have two weeks to get it made before we start filming. And I was like, I know who to ask because I'm already in this industry in terms of, you know, manufacturing and buying leather. And so I'm just going to go ask the people I buy leather from for my leather jackets. And, you know, I'm sure they got to know someone. So I literally hit the streets and started visiting factories and trying to find people who would do it in two weeks, first of all, and with a level of quality that I wanted. And that was kind of how it started. Amazing. I think that's so relevant to right now, too. Here we are. You know, we're all somewhat flying blind and having to make decisions and do things, pivot in ways that we may not know how to do what we're doing. And we're figuring it out as we go. And I think that that confidence that you had, would you say your response was rooted in just knowing you could you could find a way? Was that a muscle that had been building or it's something part of your personality? How did you have the ability to kind of say that in that moment? I think I knew that I was being presented with a once in a lifetime opportunity and I was going to make it happen at all costs. Mm -hmm. I also think that I've always been comfortable with making and creating because since the age of eight, my mother has had a mentality with me of like, I'm not buying that for you, but I'll teach you how to make it. Or I'll buy you endless art supplies to create things, but I'm not going to buy you the thing. So if you want this bracelet, good, we're going to go to the bead store and make it. So for me, I'm, I've always been very comfortable in that idea of how to figure it out and kind of mm-hmm. make it. And so I think that instinct or skill kicked in there with like, I'll figure this out. 
Amazing skill to have too. As, as an entrepreneur, I mean, it's one we have to use every day. And especially right now, Rebecca, do you find this with decision-making right now, given that we're we're in this unchartered territory, right? <laughs> These waters and yep. nobody really knows what they're doing right now. But we do have different types of experience under our belts. Are you making pretty quick decisions right now to adjust and change course? Or do you find yourself really trying to, you know, be still and and think it through? Because it's, I'm feeling both on my end. Like you want to act quickly, but also be so intentional. And how are you navigating right now? I think we had to make a series of very tough, very aggressive and very quick decisions just to stay alive. I think uh, within our industry, you know, there aren't a ton of companies that are just sitting on a lot of cash mm-hmm. uh, to be able to just weather through this. And particular to our, our industry, like, I mean, uh, obviously the restaurant industry has been decimated and, you know, our industry as well with, you know, 70% of my business being made up of wholesale partners and you get an email and they're like, sorry, we're not taking in the goods that you're ready to ship for us for the next three months. And, mm-hmm. you know, when that happens, you have to make a lot of quick decisions. And so, you know, we decided to furlough some of our wholesale staff members who no longer had any clients. Mm-hmm. Um, we decided, okay, we're going to be an e-commerce company. What does that content look like? What is that, uh, marketing cadence look like? You know, we went from three emails a week to every day. How does the social change? How does how I'm talking to you change? So we really moved fast and every day, you know, we sort of view things as day trading, mm-hmm. you know, what's our, what's our report card for today and what worked, what didn't. And I think the only way people can survive this is moving fast and, Yes, there's long-term planning, but you you don't know what's going to happen. So I think it's like we celebrate every day that we're still here. <laughs> that is so brilliant. I, th- I hope everyone listening, regardless of what situation you're in, even if it's, you know, you're working for a corporate company still and um, what is your report card for today and, and considering the day like day trading, that's such a great analogy and staying in your day because fear really th- – tends to thrive in the future and the past. So <laughs> that's strategic. That's awesome. Do you do like a group a huddle with your leadership team or key members kind of in the in the morning and evening or how do you how do you communicate internally? So we have a morning uh, call that lasts about an hour and a half and it's with uh, the senior management team. And then from there, everyone goes off and has their calls with their teams and coordinates. And then every Friday, we have a company-wide call just to keep everyone in the loop from a broader perspective of what's happening. So that's been great. And I think the silver lining in this is I I felt like before this happened, there was this like, oh, that's not my job or, oh, I'm busy, you know, that just threaded through the office when someone was given a task. And now it's like, what do you need? How, How can I help? I'm here. The communication has been more collaborative and people are just like banding together. And I'm hoping that that connectivity really carries us through to when we go back to the office and we all work together. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing a little bit under the hood. I think that's so valuable for people to kind of uh, see, you know, what's working and and for companies like yours that you you have a brand, a personal brand, you have your company brand. And do you find that right now, I mean, the community you've built, just as someone who's who's followed you and and sees, it's you, but it's also the company and it's the products and it's it's everything. 
is it coming in really handy right now to have that connection as a human to human because people connect with people, not logos as much? Like, have you noticed, a, a, I don't know, a bit of a upside to that? So I think it's a little early to see because I've always had that connectivity and I've never really acted like a just a brand to my community. That's what we've built our company on is that connectivity. I do think, though, like, with, um, I do these daily live streams with different talent and guests and people are just like, oh, thanks. A break from the news, you know? And Mm. I think my goal with that is just, let me just provide you with a much needed break on, on that end. And then ride that fine line of some, a lot of people have lost their jobs, 10 million Americans. So I'm not trying to come across to you as bye, bye, bye. I'm, I'm trying to give you things that are somewhat valuable within my world. Mm-hmm. Um, style tips, how to get ready for a Zoom meeting, how to, I don't know, make your earring game good and recognizing that everyone can't buy right now, but I have to stay alive as a company so I can't just go dark, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to promote and and have the community, if they do have the funds to support support us to to keep us in business and keep purchasing. Gotcha. And these are your happy hours, right? Is that what you're t- referring to? Yes. Yeah. You, yes. You okay. And is it every weekday or just so people can, this is going to air quickly, so people can tune in? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's every weekday at five o'clock. Um, sometimes I also share a special promo code, which gives you a little bit of an extra discount. So we only launch it on there. And yeah, it's just been a fun way, whether I'm talking to a chef or a stylist or um, an influencer, just like, you know, just turn the TV off and come join us for a happy hour. Love it. Love it. So smart. And five o'clock Eastern. And so behind the scenes, when you decided to do this, was it a pretty quick, hey, this is a this is an experiment. Let's give it a try. See how it goes. And you've been adjusting along the way or just kind of scrappy, but also very intentional <laughs> um, or any learnings from this, you know, putting this together at this time, pretty much on the fly. I actually was not my idea. It came out of one of my really close friends is also our head of business development. And so we were just having our own happy hour FaceTime, like four women and four men at, at like a six o'clock the first week. Mm-hmm. And he was like, this was so wonderful for us to connect and have this happy hour. Like, how could you do this with your audience? So that's when I just started reaching out to originally like the first group of people that I felt really comfortable with because I haven't done live you know, in this format. Mm-hmm. Um, and then now that I see what works and we're, you know, our second week into it, I think we're just throwing it together. There's no set agenda. I don't know what I'm going to ask those people, but I just know that we can talk and I'm curious about them in, in general. And I, I try and keep it off of, you know, Corona for mm-hmm. the most part, mm-hmm. just because I want you to have that distraction and, and just feel like you're part of like a fun, intimate chat. Love it. Yeah. And I think, you know, you've seen people, you know, adopt this now. So there's all kinds of, whether it's two people working out together or, you know, it's, it's nothing new at this point. Right. But it's value to your audience, I think, and your community because they have that connection. So even though the container might look similar, it's, it is different based on, based on you. And so, um, so (laughs) How are you keeping your head straight right now? Like just from a mental health standpoint, what what do you do to try and sustain some level of, um, you know, just sanity and, and knowing that this is all so different new? 
That's a really good question. So my moods go from getting like a horrible dose of bad news and feeling like, wow, I'm responding to this so calmly to then an hour later wanting to cry. So it's definitely a roller coaster of emotions. And I think for me, I was never meant to be a stay at home mom. So I think when I can leave, you know, whether it's hiding in my bathroom with you right now Hmm. or driving the car to go get groceries, like I need to leave the house once a day and, and just be alone. And also exercise I've been doing, um, whether it's a long run or downloading and taking a bunch of the Peloton classes, they're free for 90 days. So I think that that makes me feel at least I've moved my body. And I would say those, and then, you know, a happy hour, having a glass of wine doesn't hurt. That sounds like a good formula to me. (laughs) And I've, (laughs) I've found myself very similarly, like I'll see a little pendulum swing but it could happen five times in one day. And it's like, wow, okay. Yeah. Self-awareness is valuable. May not be able to like yes. actualize at the moment and totally be ahead of it, but at least I'm aware. I think just on the emotionally, it's it's absolutely fascinating. We're in like the biggest social experiment ever known, you know, to man because everybody's in a, in that boat. So thank you for being real <laughs> because I, I, I think – so many people are feeling that right now. As a maker, as a creative, is there anything as a as a leader who is creative and is known for that, any tips you can offer right now to others out there that are wanting to just try and have that type of outlet or reprieve? I mean, <laughs> I saw a friend of mine post on her Instagram, like she's now making bracelets and she linked everything to Etsy. And I was like, I'm going to do that. that. That sounds like a very relaxing activity coloring with my kids. I usually do the outlines and then they color them in. Mm -hmm. I think anything where you can get your mind off of your computer um, and your attention out in focus is at least a source of a way for me to sort of be reinvigorated. That's all, that's all I got at this moment. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's good. That's good. Or actually, you know, we've been, we've been playing a lot of Legos and there's something very nice about using your hands and, you know, making, making stuff. I'm a knitter and I, I just realized I have not knitted throughout this time and I think it would be so good to get that out. So thanks for the the spark there. Um, yeah. So I, as we we were scheduled to talk a while ago and I had a completely different set of, of questions, but I actually want to touch on some of them. Um, this might be kind of a fun story, but I don't know the whole context. So it's 2001, Jay Leno, the I Love New York yes. shirt. Can you tell us that story and take us into story time real quick? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I had a, I was working for a designer whose name is Craig Taylor. He doesn't have a business anymore, but um, he was a very successful within his category uh, designer, had a beautiful office in Soho. It was like, oh my God, I get to move to New York and work for this designer. It was very fantasy for me. Um, and I had gone to on vacation in the Bahamas uh, to this arts conference and really liked these shirts with Aruba and Curacao and Bonaire and how they were cut up and they had beads on them tied in knots. And I was like, I just don't, I feel like it's very um, kitschy to come back and wear the shirt, but may, I'm going to buy an I Love New York shirt and I'm going to, you know, do my own creative sort of twist to it. Um, so I did it and my sister-in-law saw it at dinner and she was like, I want one. And I made her one. And then she was at dinner with Jenna Elfman, who at the time was in a hugely successful TV show called Dharma and Greg. Mm -hmm. And so I went back down to Canal Street, made her one, and I shipped it out to her on September 9th, 2001. And she got it on the 
Yeah. She got it on the 13th, wore it on Jay Leno. And in the interview, he asked her about it. And she said my name. And you have to all close your eyes and go back to pre-social media. Um, <laughs> and the power, the power of magazines at that time really moved product. And because of what had just happened, you know, I had inbound all these magazines wanting to feature the T-shirt. And it was just this barrage of just interest and inbound excitement. Um, I was also donating a portion of the proceeds to charity at the time. So that's all I really ended up doing for nine months. I was politely fired from my job. (laughs) And I say politely because she was, um, the CEO was an incredible woman. And she's like, you're fired. Go do what you love. So I think that was the beginning. And then and then in my humble, tiny apartment, I would just sit on the floor all day making those T-shirts and biking them down to the only website that would carry them and then um, attempting to make a living. It's amazing how such impressive people always – it never starts that way, does it? It's always something like little by little and moving quickly is definitely a theme. It seems with your successes and just your, your, the progress you've made over time, making those decisions like, okay, they run down to Canal Street, make a shirt, ship it, so on and so forth. And just kind of really spotting those opportunities and, and leveraging them and taking advantage. That's, that's such a rad story. And what a time too. I saw, I think this was an excerpt that I think I've, I've, I found it. I have it in my notes here. You're talking about times when we try to do things too much too fast. And you said, I think at times we felt like we had to launch something or else. Maybe that was a sign we needed to slow down. I think when we finally started to slow down and approach things more strategically, that's when we really saw our growth. So we may not have the luxury at the moment to be in that spot, but can you talk a little bit about that, like the time that you're referring to? I think that when you're growing so quickly, all your focus is on is, and we, and we did in 2008 and nine during the recession, we grew very quickly because we lowered our prices uh, to almost half and that spiked our growth. And so everything was just around keeping up with the growth and fueling it. And there wasn't an internal focus on the culture of the company or how we would launch things. It was just go, go, go. So I think... When that growth plateaued, I think that we were able to see that you have to go back and be more thoughtful about how you launch new categories and you have to go back and be more thoughtful about making sure you have a great culture. And so I think in order to keep the growth going up, maybe not as explosive as it was, you know, you have to sort of go back and make sure that your foundation is strong and Mm -hmm. make sure that you can have, you know, a strong base with which to keep, keep it going with. Mm. That's really interesting. Your experience in 2008-9 during the economic cycle that we went through there was a point of, it sounds like a, a point of momentum and ability to kind of leverage that from a pricing standpoint that helped increase awareness and growth. I know that's not the same right now at all, but would you say that there are some learnings from that time that can be applied to right now. It sounds like you went through a bit of a different experience with your company. Um, but are you reaching back into that bucket of lessons from that time right now and grateful for any of the things that you learned? I think so. I think we're in a we're in an uncharted territory in time right now. And I think that our goal right now and our focus is 
whatever works, you know, whatever drives sales, drives clicks, drives community, you know, so I can't say that I'm pulling from that bucket right now because mm-hmm. we are, we are in survival mode and making sure that we make decisions that are really beneficial for us day to day, you know, like we're doing things we probably wouldn't have considered doing before as a company with regards to who we sell to, how we sell. And those are short-term decisions that are just about survival. And the customer journey, I mean, do you see that even though you're, you know, I imagine a good portion of, of your business, it, obviously online and, and direct sales as well as just e-commerce, I just, I see how much our customer journey of, or the customer journey of curbside pickup, I mean, not for where you are, it's just, it, it, we've been kind of taught, okay, things can shift, um, even how we work can shift, what does this look like post, you know, pandemic? None of us know, but are you seeing differences in behavior right now with, with customers outside of spending confidence, of course, but just how and, and the journey? I think that she is looking for the things that are going to help her with her immunity, with her health, with her hair, with her makeup, with her tops, right? Because that's all you're seeing or her loungewear. Uh-huh. And she now knows that she's getting it all on sale because everyone's on sale. Mm-hmm. Um, so while we already had a problem with the consumer wanting everything on sale, I think that's going to be a hard habit as we get out of this mm-hmm. to change. But I think the long-term effects are she's going to be even more concerned with fitness, health, wellness, leaving this so that, you know, if this thing, you know, does come back that she is healthy in the long term. And so as a brand that's not in that space, how do I give her those add-ons to complete that journey for her? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. That's so true. I think just even the the habits and the expectations, like you said, we should all be thinking about that. Like how have our customers' expectations shifted and what does that look like moving forward, even, you know, in the, in the next phase. Is there one lesson that you find yourself learning over and over in life? To, against all odds and all invitations to just throw in the towel to persist because there is an end to whatever's going on, whether it's this or other situations. And it's just about your ability to be like, I'm sticking this out. I'm going to be here. What are my solutions? How do I find, you know, opportunity and just never letting that sort of star be dimmed by, you know, all the barriers that come your way and just, you know, focus on the journey. It's not about the end. It's about the journey. And did you get through and did you just keep going? Amazing. What a note to wrap up on. I really appreciate your time and thank you for, sh- for showing up and sharing um, right now. Your wisdom and your time is obviously always valuable. Where should people follow? Where should people shop? What, what should they do? So tune into Happy well, Hour. <laughs> tune into Happy Hour every day at 5 o'clock weekdays uh, Eastern Time. Shop at Rebecca Minkoff. We're having a great sale. If you put in work uh, WFH, you get 30% off your order. And follow me on Instagram at Rebecca Minkoff. Awesome. All right. And we'll include that in the show notes too. Thank you, Rebecca. I really appreciate your time and uh, for sharing your wisdom. Hey, everyone. 
everyone. Thanks for listening to the show. Hit me up on social media to let me know what you think. I'm at Amy Jo Martin on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And I want to hear your why not now moments so I can share them on the show. Just send me a note to why not now at amyjomartin.com. For show notes and other offers, you can visit amyjomartin.com forward slash why not now. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email newsletter for exclusive content and announcements. A big thanks to Rock Salt Music for all of the tunes by the talented John Coggins. And of course, a hat tip to Richard Gruer for editing and producing the show. I'll see you next time. And until then, why not now?